What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Little call! Hey, me! Hames! Dude, you, you, with that beanie on, you know what you look like to me? A slug. What? <laughs> a slug. I said it. A slug. We just a couple slugs, guy. Do you think... Could you envision... Mike Zimmer doing this Saturday at afternoon. At Levi Stadium. Bill O'Brien. That is uh, Bill O'Brien <laughs> screaming at a fan, fuck you, you suck, motherfucker. To the fan, after the fan said, you suck. In fairness, if that wasn't a playoff game. It was against Drew Locke when he was, uh, I think, through for four or five touchdowns. And I remember my Twitter account was like, why does Drew Locke look like John Elway today? And that was that happened at halftime. And you could hear, it's, uh, I think it's DeAndre Hopkins going, coach, 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 coach. Like, I can only... Well, no, it, that was like, uh, it looked like another assist. Oh, okay. Well, you saw DeAndre was the guy that like kind of put his hand on his back and tried to like get him up the tunnel. And Deshaun was there too. And I can imagine those two guys I, telling the story like on the plane home to some of their other guys. Like, you guys didn't see that? Guy, there was no plane home. They were, oh, at, they home. were at home. <laughs> they oh, were at right. home. That's insane. He was doing that but to you a guy more than likely wearing a Texans fan. Think about that. <laughs> he is... He's nuts. He, he's officially nuts. I mean, I, I don't. I think he's officially been nuts for a while, but I, I feel like we're really feeling it these last like uh, twelve months. His nuttiness. I like having you know characters like that around. You know, you can never have too many boring, you know, like uh, Mangini types. I, I, I need a couple Bill Ryan's in the league. I feel like him and Harbaugh might have fought in midfield if they ever like were in the same if division. They had the Jim Schwartz situation. If they, if, yeah, to me, if they had been in the same division. Is there any doubt in your mind that they would have sparred? Not like physically swung at each other, but there would have been animosity between those two guys. Two nut jobs, two crazy asses. 
you know, Jim Harbaugh was always known as like he was a quarterback, but everyone just like, yeah, he really comes off more like an O-line coach, you know, than a former quarterback. Bill O'Brien, you just feel like coaches D-line, not the offensive coordinator. Most offensive coordinators are like McVay, Andy, right, Kyle. Just kind of, you know, intellectual, pretty cool, like guys you could just kind of hang with. Even Arians. Arians a little crazier, but he's, I feel like, a little more cerebral offensive. Like Bill O'Brien at any moment, like, feels like he wouldn't mind being a defensive coordinator. I always felt like yeah. Harbaugh. Like Which, he liked in 2020, if your offensive coordinator's a defensive coordinator, I don't know if that's the best thing for your football team. No, it can't be. But unless he's a really good offensive coordinator, then it maybe doesn't matter as much. But Do you think he's a good defensive coordinator or a good <laughs> offensive coordinator? Uh, I had a buddy in the NFL, a, an assistant coach, tell me his team played him this year. And go, I remember texting him, like, what do you think of the Texans? He's like, yeah, we don't really know what offense they run. It feels like a little backyard. And it kind of, when you watch them, it's just kind of, that's what it feels like, right? In fairness, like, I, I would kind of go backyard football with their players too, but it's feels a little more like video game-ish. They're just kind of running around, throwing the ball up. It's not like a rhyme or reason, it always feels like, to what they're doing. It, it, and in fairness, though, it does work. I mean, they do... For as much shit as I think a lot of people, including myself, recently talked about Bill O'Brien, he does win a lot more than like your typical slappy that gets as much heat as he gets, right? Yeah, yeah I mean, yes, yeah. You benefit a little from you know divisions a little know, but, easier, but than there some. is a place between great and bat and slappy, which is you know I mean there's a few places between those. I, I think he's solid. I mean I think he's good. I don't. Should he be one of the 32 coaches in the NFL? I, I think you could argue yes. 100%. I, I don't even think that's a, you know, that's not even an argument to me. Like, he's clearly an NFL head coach. It's just, is he closer probably to, like, 20? If you really just, if all players were equal and it was just, like, coaching, would he be closer to 20 than one? You know? Well, I think I I would have gone to, Matt for, to bat for him, like, three or four years ago, being like, I, this guy's one of the best coaches in the league. I don't know if I quite feel that yeah. way anymore. Uh, Niners-Vikings on Saturday. ton of NFL games. Coaching searches. A lot to get to before we jump into it, John. Let's tell the people that as far as the internet knows, I could be recording this anywhere. Thanks to expressvpn.com slash ham. Internet security should be one of your top priorities, and ExpressVPN takes care of it for you with ExpressVPN. You can be anywhere in the world. Encrypts all my data, keeps it safe from hackers. Plus, watch whatever I want. Well, I'll give you an example. Like the NBA, they offer this thing they call League Pass, which lets you stream games online. But if you're in the U.S. or Canada, it doesn't let you watch all of them because depending on what market you're in, it'll get blacked out. That's where our friends, expressvpn.com slash ham come in, guy. You use it to change your location, put yourself in like Bangladesh or China or wherever. And then you can stream anything you want. So it's pretty sweet. And there's no blackouts. ExpressVPN works on your computer, your phone, uh, router, consoles, like Fire TV. So you can watch all the games or whatever you're watching. Netflix. Remember uh, Peaky Blinders came out in the UK mm-hmm. first. So us in uh, in the, the States, us domestically, couldn't watch it till a certain date. I remember it was like, I don't even know, but it was like three or four months after. Well, if you just messed around with our friends at ExpressVPN, you would have been watching Peaky Blinders when uh, all the Euros were watching it, you know? 
It's why well, I love um, these guys. Use our special link today. It gets you three months free when you go to expressvpn.com slash ham. You can sign up for a bunch of stuff like League Pass at a huge discount. That's expressvpn.com slash ham for three months free with a one-year package. Expressvpn.com slash ham to learn more. Podcast also brought to you by mybookie.ag. The promo code at mybookie.ag is ham and then the number one, ham1 at mybookie.ag. Well, guy, is it safe to say we got four games to gamble on this weekend? Uh, I'd argue the NFL five if we include Monday. Oh, national championship great game. Great point. Great freaking point. You got what's the line on that bad boy? Uh, I'm gonna guess. I haven't looked this morning. I'm gonna. I haven't looked in a while. Actually, I'm gonna guess LSU two and a half. I mean, they're at home, well, guy. So maybe four it and is a half. Cl- six. Wow. I mean, Cle- Clemson's getting six points. You get Clemson almost two to one. Honestly, of all the five games, I'm glad you brought this game up. I like this Clemson plus six. The value probably better than any NFL game because the NFL. Where 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 do you stand right now in the seven points for the Niners Vikings? Feels right. Little maybe a little much. Um, you know what? I think it'll feel like a little much at halftime, but not to get too deep into our game predictions yet. I think it's a cover for the Forty Niners, John. Even though I have, even though I. Like, I also think the Vikings are good. What do you think about the two AFC teams both getting nine and a half points? Do you think they both cover? Um, it's a lot of points, guy. We're, we're, ta- we're the second round of the playoffs. Uh, so this isn't, you know, mid-September. Which do you feel better about? AFC. Uh, like, if you, had to, pick, if you prob- had to pick one to cover. Probably, you know, with Bill losing it a little bit, you know, it, it was really hard for them to beat the Buffalo Bills. The Chiefs are well rested. Would it shock you if the Chiefs won like thirty to ten? You mean the way it looked well, I think like the, the Bills were going to win? No. That's <laughs> yeah. Because if so, if the Chiefs if, with a quarterback, if if you put Mahomes on the Bills, what's the final score of that game? Yeah, I mean, not close. They're up way more than sixteen to nothing at half, right? If you put What's Mahomes on the then? Bills, are the Bills better than the Chiefs with Mahomes? <laughs> yeah, I mean, do they get Andy? Yeah, too? yeah they get McDermott they, and Andy. That they, team existed once upon a time. Sean it McDermott and, and Andy. Sean got and then he got relieved of his duties. Uh, but you know, so did Middlecoff, and so did Andy. Eventually, too, it happened big, to a lot. Big of people. three, as I like to call it. <laughs> yeah, Mike Grow as well. As someone uh, sent me an article, I, his own father once. Upon a Al? time, relieved him. Is, is, Al fired wow. his own son. So uh, Did he take three something. weeks and three meetings like Jason Garrett got, or probably not? Uh, no. <laughs> uh, the Titans, I actually think the Titans are the hottest team in football. They're just, I don't know, something about them. You know, they just feel like this year's sleeper, wild card, you know, just Cinderella story. Could, could they upset the Baltimore Ravens? I, I I like them nine and a half. And then the Seattle Green Bay game, I'll be completely honest. I have no feel for. I, you you could convince me any scenario. Neither one of those teams blows out. But I'm just saying, like any team wins, any situation. Rodgers looks shitty. Rodgers looks good. Russell game winning drive. Russell's terrible. I, I'll believe. By it the way, it's doubtful that football is not your thing. But if you'd rather bet on something else like the NBA or the Premier League, everything in between, they got that as well. Fastest payouts, best promotions, helpful twenty four seven customer service team. MyBookie.ag promo code Ham One. Would you put any money on the slugs? Uh, 
They play Cavs. Who do they got? Uh, not playing. So the Slugs get the I'd night bet off. against them. <laughs> I would too. You never want to bet on the Slugs. Never want to bet on the Slugs. No, it's a good, good rule of thumb. 49ers Vikings Middlecoff. Here we go. Saturday afternoon. For all the marbles, guys. Are you are you calling this the first playoff game at Levi's, or are you someone's like the Super Bowl was played there, so this is not the first playoff game? Yeah, it's the first 49er playoff game. I totally I mean, agree I, with I you. I, it's like uh, when you move into a house, you have a housewarming. Doesn't mean nobody's ever been there before, but it's your first dinner at your house or whatever. You know? Well, I, I was thinking. I'm going to this game, and it's like I haven't been to a playoff game in 10 years since I was with the Eagles, and we lost to the Green Bay Packers, who ended up winning the Super Bowl. But then I thought, well, I did go to the Super Bowl at Levi's. And then I started thinking, does the Super Bowl even count as a playoff game? I feel like it's its own little entity. Like the, the AFC championship and this round and the wild card round are just completely a different like they're, those three weeks are just completely separate from the Super Bowl, in my opinion. So this is the first, and there was what the national championship game was there last yep. year. Like it's hosted a couple big. I mean, those two events don't get any bigger in football, right? The national championship and the fucking Super Bowl. But it feels like those games are just their own thing. This is a legit playoff game. Like to me, when you go to a Super Bowl, like if the Niners make the Super Bowl, win or lose that game, you're still in the fucking Super Bowl. If you lose this game, that's People might be crying leaving. The, I mean, that would be talk about the ultimate sports kick in the dick, right? In, in in basketball or baseball, like remember the first year the Warriors won the championship, they were down two one to Memphis. But you got time to like figure out a series. In football, it's just this is it, guy. <laughs> they kick off. You better not fuck up. You you have one of those off quarters, or Jimmy has a two pick half. All of a sudden, you're down twenty to nothing, and it's just like, oh my, is the season gonna end? That's that's what that's you kind of nerves get going once the playoffs start with just if you're betting on a team or you're a fan of a team that obviously you know we got a lot of Niner fans in this area I don't know if you've heard but I think there's like a, I would say pretty confident group right now but that confidence can go to, it's not like this this fan base is looking at this like the Patriots like oh we're gonna win yeah it's like yeah we should we got a better team but. All of a sudden, you're down ten nothing in the first quarter. I think everyone would get a little yeah. tight. Well, right? especially because you recognize, like Kyle Shanahan said the other day, he thinks it's the toughest defense they've faced this year. Um, but to me, one of the things he said that was really interesting because we talk, you brought it up on the last podcast or maybe the beginning of the week, just the emotion of the playoffs. Now the playoffs are different because he, somebody asked him like, "Is it different in the playoffs?" And the beauty with him is he's been in like massive playoff games, and he made the point that that you were making that Jimmy, he thinks there's a value in the fact that Jimmy's just been around the preparation for all these huge games, knowing he's always a play with, away with Tom. With, he didn't say, yeah, just he didn't, he wasn't talking so much about specifically that he was with the Patriots, but just that he's been to Super Bowls, He's been to multiple playoff games. Like he's been through all this stuff. Um, well, it's clearly the Patriots, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I just mean there's two <laughs> elements what you're saying. to it. He didn't right? like there's the Patriots yeah. element. Plus he's had like the super accelerated path. Um, but they asked next to that guy, like he's preparing next to Tom. That that to me is like when Steve Young got a shot, it wasn't just, you know, Steve Young finally got a shot on a good team. He had been fucking next to Montana right. and Walsh for seven years right. or whatever. Like that's kind of a different level. But I of, think what, you yeah, but just, what Kyle was talking more about is just like the feeling you get when you walk on the field, because the question was, is it different? And he's like, 
everything's different because if you lose, it's over. But that's just feelings. I love that line. Like, but that's just feelings. But to your point, the reason I bring it up is, like you said, if you're down 10 nothing, all of a sudden you're in, you might be in your feelings a little more. If you're up 10 nothing, then I think you just, I think it's easier to remember you're just playing a football game if you're up 10 nothing or whatever. If you're up, if you're just up, if you're, if you're in a situation you haven't been in before while playing in a game you haven't played in before, that's when it can snowball. You know, can I hit you with a nugget? Me. Eight of the 11 starters for the Minnesota Vikings defense have been with Zimmer for five wow. plus years. And they obviously have been a pretty consistent playoff it's one of the, team. It's got to be one of the reasons time, they're great. Right? That's incredible. Yeah. So, and it's just, and most of those guys are, it's not like, oh, just, you know, this random nickel corner has been there with Zim. No, it's like Everson Griffin, Danell Hunter, uh, Anthony Barr, uh, fucking Harrison Smith, Xavier Rhodes, Eric Kendricks. It's like, well, there's like three first-team All-Pros Linville, and, a, how and about, a former Pro yeah, Bowler. Linville Joseph. Yeah, they, they got dudes who have, like, there is an advantage of even before that game last week. Like, that was just, they've been in that game countless times, right? They were, two years ago, they were in the NFC Championship game. This group kind of started the year, people forget, and I do too. It's really one of, the crazier playoff moments I'd say of the last decade that probably gets under talked about now is that missed fucking field goal in the freezing cold when they were getting the new stadium and they had to play at Minnesota's yeah. uh, stadium. And I remember like the next week, Cam Chancellor said that he was still scared that he might have frostbite. He can't feel his like left pinky. Remember, it was like negative two degrees, and your guy came Bud out. Bud Grant, sleeve shirt to do eighty-three-year-old Bud cool. Grant. It was like wind chill. I think it was colder than minus three. <laughs> It was cold. I think it might have been minus five before the wind chill. What was his name? Uh, Blair Walsh? Yeah. You know, missed missed the kick. It was, and it wasn't, if memory serves me correctly, it wasn't like a 40-yarder, right? Wasn't it like 26 yards? Like, it was pretty short. And he, it wasn't even fucking close. And that team, like, they've just been in a lot of these situations, guys. Like, there's, it's not even a conversation what team has, is used to this road home whatever like you can yeah the richard sherman and uh joe staley but most guys are buckner armstead and yeah you could say those guys have played national championship games fact nick bosa as phil savage used to tell me nick bosa's played he went to ohio state so seven of his 13 games a year versus penn state michigan and just the national championship he's fucking he's felt the feeling of jesus christ right but it's still the NFL. It's just a different game. Not, I mean, the game's technically the same, but just, I, I don't know. You could argue that, like, Buck, you just use that for an example. Like, Hunter, Joseph, Harrison Smith, and all those guys have played in countless, I, I would imagine if we added up the playoff games the Vikings have been in the last five years, probably like seven or eight. Maybe a little less. Maybe like six. But they've, and Bosa, Armstead, Buckner have been in none, Right. Obviously, Buzz is a rookie, but the other two guys have been in the league for a while. Do you think there's any merit or just like uh, takeaway for those guys to be prepared? It's like, yeah, we've been in, all three of us have been either in a national championship game or a playoff college football game. Like, does that even matter? Uh, yeah, I think it is it a matters. pretty big I, moment for I those guys. I think it matters that they've been in just a game where you're, you got butterflies, you've been looking forward to it for a week or two. Yeah, I think it matters. I don't think it's the same, the but whole, it matters. The whole, the whole country's talking about it. 20 million people are watching it. You feel the the 
power of the game. Yeah, right. But I also think as time goes on, it's just now you've added a now the NFL feels bigger to you than what you were in. One hundred percent, and that's where I think back to your Jimmy conversation, like Richard and Joe Staley. Richard won a Super Bowl, been to another. Joe's been to one, been to on the sweetest teams. But they do have a lot of players, like like you said, with Jimmy, who's never started in those playoff games, what was there. Uh, obviously, the, the young defensive linemen have been in enormous college games. Emmanuel Sanders, who they traded for, has been in games. Debo, I mean, I just say, you play in the SEC, you're fucking used to playing big games. I mean, how many people are going to South Carolina's spring practice, right? He's probably getting 45,000. So, these guys... They're not like ill-equipped for people that have no experience. Because I, you, I, I, I've heard coaches think that that's a little overrated. Like, like once you start playing, you're just mm-hmm. playing. Like it's just once the game kicks, you know, it's not like as a kicker or a golfer, and you have a lot of time to think. As a corner, you're not like oh the moment. You're just like covering, right? <laughs> you're just like well they called cover two, so this is my responsibility or. I'm Debo Samuels. He called a slant route. I'm just running a slant route like I would in a preseason game or like I would in the Super Bowl. I would say the Super Bowl is a little different. But once the once the game starts on Saturday afternoon, which is still weird to think about, don't really love. I, I wouldn't mind a night game, but yeah. whatever. Beggars can't be choosing at this point. <laughs> I just think that you know, you're like, well, I got to try to tackle Dalvin Cook or I got to try to chip block Everson Griffin. You know, it's just... It is an intense for a team that I, I just kept like, everyone want the Vikings. And then you just like, God, this Vikings team is pretty good. <laughs> really thank God they got Kirk Cousins because if they had a top 10 quarterback, it'd be a rap rap, right? I mean, they might be the best team in the league. Hell, if, if you gave them Jimmy Garoppolo, would they be 14 and 2? And Cousins was yeah, fine. I mean, Cousins, is a, Cousins was pretty good this year. They've been close a few times with lesser quarterbacks. That's the crazy part. They almost went with Case Keenum. Right? Yeah, I mean, they went to the NFC Championship game with Case I mean, they Keenum. almost went to the Super I think Bowl that's, with Case Keenum. Wouldn't you say, well, they did get blown out in that game. But they were a game. Yeah, away. no, you're right. That's, that's true. But they were. St- if you're in the NFC Championship game, you're 60 minutes away from the Super well, Bowl. Kind of, yeah, but. I think I think that kind of speaks to this is the team. Like if Cousins does play good, they have a Super Bowl team, right? That that can't be said for every like I, Seattle. Like they don't have a Super Bowl team. They have a Super Bowl quarterback. They don't have a Super Bowl team. You know, that's to me that can't be said for the right. Vikings. But the that's counter the would about be football, if you don't though, have a, like well Seattle kicked their the ass. The counter would be if you don't have a Super Bowl quarterback. If that's your one missing element, then do you have a Super Bowl team? Well, I think your team has to be historically. You'd say, in our lifetime, you can do it. Your team has to be elite, and I don't know if they're quite like the '01 Ravens or there was a couple year stretch there, right? The Ravens and the Buccaneers, where your team has to be just so special. And I wouldn't say this team's quite that, but they're they're closer to that than not, right? They they do have elite players fucking everywhere. I mean, Pro Bowlers, like not you know did. Harrison Smith got in because Kwaski didn't make it. No, Harrison goes first. Yeah, Daniel Hunter, you know, you need both. No, Daniel Hunter was AP All-Pro. Uh, you know, Dalvin Cook, yeah, he's a top three or four running back. Diggs Thielen are just the top duo. Right? It's just, that's what they yeah. got. Like, their knock is, you know, Xavier Rhodes isn't quite the same. Well, 
he had been like a four-time Pro Bowler, was basically the younger version of Richard Sherman. So that's like their weakness is one of their elite players is no longer elite. <laughs> Thank God. I mean, it would be really good. Might not even be a fair fight. If you're the Vikings and you find a way to win this game, if we look at it from their perspective, they are then in a position, John, where they've beaten the Saints on the road and beaten the Niners on the road. If they win this game, wouldn't, like like you said, you don't really know what to make of that Seahawks-Packer game. But if the if we're sitting here on Saturday night or Sunday or whatever and the Vikings have won, you might convince yourself you could pick them to go to the Super Bowl if they've won in New Orleans and in San Francisco. Yeah, I, if they win this game, what would be weird, though, is both Seattle and Green Bay. Green Bay beat them twice, and the last time kicked their ass, and Seattle beat them on that Monday night game pretty handily in the second half. Though, you're like, well, I don't think Minnesota would be looking at it like, we can't beat these guys now. We're fucking rolling. Yeah, to me. I- that, if, they, if, they, if they win this game, because the Vikings or the Niners are the heavy favorite, and rightfully so, they've been the, one of the best teams in the league all year long, and really haven't had many just what-the-fuck moments. I mean, their three losses, I guess the one what-the-fuck moment was the, the Atlanta. And then the other two losses were on game-winning field goals with zero time left. One was in overtime to Seattle and Baltimore, who are still playing. And if the Vikings win this game, there would be a lot of talk like, can this team win it all? So, all that said... But they don't get any home games. Yeah, well, like, I know. It would be, three yeah, be the games. Niners' old path. All that said... If we go through this talking about it the way we've been talking about it, which is they've got a Super Bowl team, but the weak link is their quarterback, then in some ways, doesn't that mean that this game Saturday comes down to Jimmy? Meaning, if they're really good on defense, and you're really good on defense, and you can really run the football, and they can really run the football, but you think the weak link is their quarterback, then isn't the biggest difference between these two teams' quarterbacks? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think one guy can make plays outside of the offense. So when shit gets weird and as it kind of does in these playoff games and the other guy can't. So that's the difference. And that's where I think we've been talking all week and I wrote about it that you got to get a lead on this guy because when you force, like I, I did this article where I talked to a couple buddies in the league and just got the scouting report on all the, on their players. And the knock on cousins was, like the, the this is what the, the guy said, who's advanced scouting him. You want to force him to become a drop back quarterback. <laughs> Think about saying that about a quote unquote elite quarterback. You want to force him to become a drop back quarterback. And what he means thereby, you you die. You want at the end of the game for him to have forty attempts. If he can get, remember there, maybe the first uh, game of the season he was like eight of ten. Remember that there was a game early this season where he was like. Yeah, they, but, but I don't think it was a close game, was it? No, they won like twenty four so to nothing. Throwing, yeah, but but like I think Zimmer would be have a wet dream thinking about uh, what would you say like a twelve of sixteen and just thirty five attempts and win the game like seventeen to fourteen and just you know rush for one hundred and fifty seven yards, but just have like seven possessions. So here here's the that, game. That, would you ever say that about Jimmy? No. You know, the way to beat the Niners is force Jimmy to throw. Like that you shouldn't be you you can't well, say that about any no, of the you quarterbacks say, except maybe you Lamar. Say that. You would say maybe your priority is stopping the run game. Right? 
Wouldn't you say if you, the Niners' number one priority is like you got to take Kittle out? If you can r- take Kittle out of the game, their offense might sputter. If I was just doing like yeah. a cliff note, like what? Because you the, the Niners can't run it. Well, then they can pass it, and then Kyle can like run screens that manipulate the run yeah, game, yeah. right? It's like you you take eighty five out, like you take him out of the game. Like if you told me right now, Kittle has no catches, I'd be like, whoa, and he's healthy. I'd be like, well, that's probably a problem. Well, if he has no catches and he's not healthy, isn't that as big of a problem? Well, if he's if he gets hurt, they're fucked. Not, fu- I mean, they could probably still win the game, but but, that at, would le- be but, a le- major but then he's, at least if he's healthy with no catches, he's a decoy and they got to cover him. Yeah, you're right. Here's, exactly. By the way, here's the game. It was week one against Atlanta. Minnesota won 28-12, but they were up 21 nothing at halftime and 28 nothing going into the fourth. Cousins was 8 of 10 for 98 yards, a touchdown. 8 of 10. Matt Ryan was 33 of 46. <laughs> Are we playing the same sport here? How many, how many yards Dalvin Cook had? 111, I would have thought more. But uh, they ran as a team for 172 yards. Yeah, so, I mean, that's clearly the formula. They, they want not, obviously, you can't throw 10 times in a playoff game. Wouldn't you say that they would love to keep that number around 20 attempts? They get them like 13 to 20 or something and just run the shit out of the ball? I saw a stat was like, uh, invite in, uh, in Zimmer's tenure with the Vikings – Every time they've had over 40 rushing attempts, they've won. And, you you know, you can manipulate stats. A lot of times you're going to have a lot of rushing attempts. That means you're going to be winning. Right. But I do think for them, like, they just naturally run the ball more over the years. With When he first got there with Adrian Peterson, then they got Latavius Murray, then they drafted Dalvin Cook. Like, that's – people, everyone's ripping on Dave Gettleman. And I think Dave Gettleman just, like, stated the wrong facts of the running games. But I, I, I do think there was merit in, like, if you can control the ball on the ground, all Dave Gettleman should have said is, like, yeah, we want to run the ball. We have this guy named Saquon Barkley. We want to get on the ball. And everyone would be like, yeah, he's got a point. I think Mike Zimmer just, like, we want to control the, cl- we want to control the clock and fucking kick your ass on defense. That's just that's what we are. Where I think Kyle's like, yeah, we want to run sweet plays, score points, sack the quarterback, <laughs> do sweet shit. <laughs> Where Zimmer's like, our sweet shit is we're going to blitz you with, like, 17 guys, and we want to – we're basically as close to Bounty Gate without saying it. We want to injure people. But not like, I say, let me rephrase it. Hurt people, not injure them. We want to inflict pain. Fear. I, yeah. Was there a lot of like Zimmer in the meeting room this week talking about hitting guys in the mouth? <laughs> not hitting guys, <laughs> hitting motherfuckers. Yeah. Was there a lot of just, we're the tougher team. We're the more physical team. Everyone's jerking them off all season. We got... Hey, 97 and 94 and 22, and we're fucking the ass kickers. So if Bill O'Brien... That, there's just a lot of that talk just in general in the NFL. You think Bill O'Brien leaves the league if we did coach rankings motherfuckers? Guys who use the word motherfucker the most? Well, uh... Motherfucker Jones from uh, Horrible uh, Bosses? Yeah, motherfucker maybe. Do you know sneaky guy that it, Rivera drops a lot of bombs? <laughs> so... I would say Bill O'Brien's near the top. I, I would probably put Gruden in the mix, being a big swearer. Like, doesn't does McVay feel like a big swearer? Doesn't feel like a big mother. I think big. No. Well, a big swearer is typically a yeller because if you're yelling, it's just gonna, that word's going to come out a lot. Yeah. Uh, so if you don't yell as much, like, just, is Pete a big swear guy? NFC West is probably I, I super. Like, I bet Kyle leads the NFC West. 
Shanahan. I would say by far, Kyle's it feels like you just look at Kyle. You're like that guy swears. Uh, okay. I don't does I don't I don't know much about McVeigh as a, like a human, but it just feels oh, like be, he's like, come I'd, on guys, I'd be surprised. Come on, Todd. Well, a lot of times too, we, you're dropping, we, it, you're yelling at people. Better effort, Todd. So, I just feel like Kyle's personality is more likely to. Um, I'm just wondering if Zimmer's as I'm thinking about it, like a Zimmer top five. I could see him not being yeah. honestly, even though that was my first reaction was that he was. Um, I, I yeah, I think there's a lot. Like I think Belichick's go to is like, "What the fuck are we doing?" I think he says that a lot. Like that's to me a common term in with old coaches. What the fuck are yeah. we doing? And it's not necessarily directed at anybody. It's just a. It might a be like an statement. assistant. It just. Yeah, just it's just yelling out a lot at practice in games. It's a big CEO in, in comment. A meeting. Yeah. <laughs> And everyone's looking at each other, thinking they're doing it uh, right. And so, what do you think? I'm gonna go twenty-seven to twenty-three, and I, I, I predict there is a moment within the first half where there's a lot of in the stadium, people kind of looking at each yeah, other, people on their couch, maybe heart beating a little bit. Like I could see. I could see like a pick six or something. Like maybe it's like three to three, you know, going in the second quarter and Jimmy throws a pick six or like a fumble six to Anthony Barr and it just takes the air out of the place. Like, oh my God. And just for a brief moment, maybe for like a stretch of a couple series where it feels like the Niners could lose this game. Now, you would say if you look at the Niners season, they always bounce back after something weird happens. That's like, to me, their defining characteristic. If that. If that doesn't happen, given that, like you said, playoff game, one, you just you lose, you go home. Just for that one drive, you go three and out after they take like a 10-3 lead off like a crazy play. It might just cross people's mind like we could yeah. lose. Where I don't think like really the only team that didn't think they could lose till they actually lost was the Patriots. It goes through every fan because no team has the equity of just like we're always going to win. Like until it hit, I would say until Tom threw that pick six. Where it's like, are they really going to lose? They are going to lose. And kind of like, yeah, they're really kind of going to lose. And then he threw the pick six. Like, oh my God, they're going to, they lost. <laughs> Where I think with fans, like a Niner fan, you've never seen this team in a big game beside the regular season this year. There's just a huge unknown. Like, I think if you're a Viking fan, you're like, we just got to keep it close. We got a shot. That's how I'd be thinking. I, I was guy, Scott Shapiro, who's like the PD for all the Fox radio station I deal with for the Colin show he's from Minnesota diehard Vikings fan he's like I feel I'm actually kind of confident not like I don't necessarily think we're gonna win but I think we got a shot and I was like I I don't blame you I fucking think you had a shot too you just beat the fucking Saints in New Orleans you kind of kick their ass all you got to do is you have so much talent just make it make one weird thing happen when you're playing like the Warriors by like the fifth year no one in the arena thought like they were gonna lose took like seven ACL tears to be like, oh, now we might be fucked. Right. <laughs> but by the got to that, I, I don't not think the crowd would be like that. Unless you get up like 14 nothing, then there'd be a lot of like, we're rolling these motherfuckers. But if it's down like, four, let's just say this, hypothetical. 14 nothing down at half. I think there would be a lot of people like in the stadium on their couch going, oh my God, we're going to lose in the first round of the playoffs. Now, I know it's the second round, but like the first mm-hmm. game they play. And I, it wouldn't be like the Patriots, like, oh, we're just starting slow. We'll get them. I think there would be like, oh, my God. 
That's the scary thing. Yeah, I think that would be the feeling. A new it, team. It, to me, if they're down 14-0, then, then, then more than one weird thing has happened. And I wouldn't give up on them at that point, given how many crazy games they've played in this year. Like, because I think if you told me, if you tell me right now, Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't turn it over, interception or fumble, then I, I, then I would feel really good about them winning the football game. I would agree. You notice like the Eagle game when McCown came in, didn't it feel when the game was kind of close, you're like, I just think the Eagles might, is it, they might pull this off? Even with McCown, you kind of just had it, it kind of felt felt unlikely, that way. But you're like watching it, you're like they can't get the ball down the field. Well, I know, but it was but like yeah, it wasn't I totally unbelievable. So like the Eagles, the is Doug, the backup quarterback. I just talked myself into it just so I could enjoy the game, but I didn't really. Same. Do you see today? He tore his hamstring. He played the whole game with a torn hamstring. No, that's how he's yeah, going he, out. McCown had a t- <laughs> torn hamstring. He, pretty he retire again. A <laughs> uh, serious question. I, I, yeah. No, I, I, I think he's done. I yeah. mean, wait till you do the Unless, surgery, the rehab. Well, and then, like, what if you get a call? Like, hey, you know, we, we, I, we know you're retired, but we'll give you four and a half right. million this right. time. Yeah, you know, I can, you know, let me coach, too. You fly me on, on Fridays. I'm I in. love that his, he has such a normal person injury. Like, oh, after 12 months of inactivity, what's the first thing to go? The hammy. Do you see how great his jawline oh, is? It's, 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 it's almost too much. How great! Well, he's got the ultimate combination of just the hair, which is like, you think you got good hair? His hair is he he is. I mean, if you could do like pick make a player in Madden, but for a good looking guy with a shaved side and top hair, which is just. Are you guys even original anymore? Like once everyone does it, like you got to have a new pitch now. Like when is this? Is everyone just going to wear this fucking hairdo? With oh, hair? I know. I told my barber the other day, like we can't. I can't have you going all the way up to the long side on because I don't. I that's I don't. I'm not. I don't want to do that anymore. She's like, you don't want to look like a European <laughs> soccer player. I was like, no. Well, because you everyone has right. that look. Guy. Well, I well fuck. every single person. Yeah, but now I just got to hang my hat on trying to pull it off better. But I know what's what's my next move. But but my my, I my super, point I have yeah, thought about I, do I just go super short again right now? Yeah, cr- create a new trend, do something else, guy, because like McCown, he doesn't need to worry about the trends. He was Here's born what I would that. say though is like everyone's doing it when you go to like a when you go where? Like when you turn on the TV and you look at a play-by-play guy, is everybody doing it? I don't know, are they not? No, like, that guy isn't doing well, it as much. You know what I'm saying? Guy, well, most of them are like 58. But that's my point. It's like, that's right. When you go out to the I'm movies. Saying, I'm saying a 35-year-old guy who's semi-successful and has good hair is rocking No, 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 understood. Right but now. I'm not doing that, And that's you. No, I'm no, not no, but here's my like, point. I'm not doing it so that when I walk outside, I look cool going to get the fucking mail. I'm doing it so when you turn on the television, you go, well, that guy looks different than all the other guys doing the same thing. That's my point. So when all the play-by-play guys have the same haircut, then I'll change the hair. But right now, it hasn't caught up to them. Well, yeah, like Bob Fitzgerald can't pull it off. But but this is my point. It's like most guys aren't doing it, trying it. or Well, Greg Greg Papas doesn't need it either. His hair is just incredible. But, like, if he was 35, he would have to do it. Because any 35-year-old guy, I would say anyone in their 30s right now that has your level of hair is doing that look. And and coming from a guy with no hair, I don't blame any of you. It's fucking sweet looking. But you just wonder, like, how long can this for go? Sure. Is this going to go for another couple no of doubt. years? No doubt. I've wanted the Because you thought thing. a couple years ago, people started rocking beards. And, you know, I've it feels that, like it's yeah. kind of cyclical. 
it doesn't feel like that's changing. No. Like it's just beers. But I'm just telling you, when all the other guys you see on TV calling games have it, that's when I'm changing. Like to me, if I change I now, I'm changing before I need to, based on the purpose that I have it for. One move that you have in the bag that you've never busted out, you Don't could go sideburns. normal hair and sh- like I wouldn't say shave your head, but go super short. And then do a sweet beard. I don't. The problem or, for me with beard is it may it you it, it accentuates. I know people do it to like cover up neck fat, but to me it it does the opposite. It makes my face look. That's why you do the. It does. Yeah, I don't like it, and I don't like I, doing the line at the bottom. I don't. It doesn't. I don't think it's okay, a good well, look for me. And it itches. Me, maybe but. it's a maybe it's a skinny guy look, and I always thought it kind of was like skinny guys. Look skinny like guys are weak. Chin. If you got a weak chin, that then it's a good move too. But you know who pulls it off pretty huh. well? And it's like, you know, he's a pretty good-looking, chubbier guy is Matt Rule. Like, I just, maybe it's just yeah. his face is perfectly shaped, but it's like the beard with kind of the salt and pepper hair. Again, like I was, that's, you know, I, I like that guy's yeah. look. So I, I think you could just, you got a couple pitches that you could just do. What about this guy? Hmm. Mustache. Uh, my problem with to mustache me that, is it's obviously so, in your thirties you don't have that, but I'd say like when you're 52 and you're like been calling NFL games for 10 years, you just fucking walk. <laughs> we'll see. You know, I'm staying open minded. I'm just telling you. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever done a goatee? I, I've uh, I've done goatee. I dude, I have a, my junior year school photo is with a goatee. <laughs> in I high to, school, I'll pull that out. after this podcast. I'll go to go follow me on Instagram. I'll post that photo. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty if memory serves, I, and I had long curly hair. Because I was playing hockey at the time, and I wanted it to fly out the back of my hockey helmet. Underrated thing to do on Instagram, yeah. guy, is just post something your, your, from your, your youth. high school football. That, <laughs> nothing will get more interaction on Instagram than just something pre like twenty years old that makes you look kind of like yeah. an idiot. People love that um, shit. I, I wish I had more stuff like that. I would funny. just that, that, I'll never have a post get more interaction. That's good. Um, I'll go. I'll, I'll take your advice and do that here Friday after this uh, podcast is done. Like just yeah, just post like I was twelve in this photo, and it's like a full beard. <laughs> People just you know just shit yeah. like that. People love it. Yeah. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I actually could keep talking about this, but as it relates to the Niner game, I think they win by set. I think it's like a seven point win. Um, uh, Kyle go shorter on the sides, uh, and on top. You're saying he doesn't go as long on top as like most. Yeah, people. I think he's. I would say like the way I do it, or the way Josh McCown does it, a little more trendy. Kyle probably just will ha- might have the same haircut in perpetuity. Yeah, I don't even think he's thinking no. about it. <laughs> but he does get a lot of haircuts because his hair always looks exactly the same and fresh. But I don't know. Again, I'll, like I'll he, run this by kinda, I'll run this by savvy at the uh, barbershop and see what. Yeah, I also feel like he's cheap. Like when you're just tall skinny it's just life's a little easier for you on shit like that like clothes looks it just everything kind of looks good you know like when you're shorter and chubbier you get like you said like certain things like oh my neck yeah this you well like think you about can't things. like Kyle, it never crosses no, Kyle's totally. mind. you can't ask a guy who's 6'3 with a 32 waist like where he gets his suits because it's just gonna be oh i just uh i just uh you know uh, i don't know just like, put on a suit where it fits you know, or like what Scott Van Pelt always call himself skinny fat. <laughs> yeah, see, that's that's right because he's probably got. I think he's got a little bit of like a. Is it like a pear shape? Is that what it's called? Right. Yeah. So that's. Yeah. But but you can put but skinny fat like everyone. Oh, Scott Van Pelt skinny. Everyone be like, you yeah, know what cracks me up is when I see like, like uh, new athletic fit pants. It's like, well, th- yeah, thanks. Those guys have been have pants have been. No, I got big thighs because of all the squats I do. Like, okay, well, I really. 
I pray for your struggle. I hope you find some clothes that fit you. You know, I got what about, what about about shirts getting... for guys with massive shoulders, huh? Like, God, I hope it works out. Well, there's nothing like uh, when you get a shirt and it's like slim fit. You're like, yeah, I'm not even going to waste time trying that on. <laughs> like, no, that's you got any other sizes? I'll tell you, it's only slim here's fit. a sneaky issue. If the if it's a if it's a t-shirt made for somebody with a big neck, well. You can't have a T-shirt with a big opening if you don't have a big neck. I got a skinny neck. I'm just yeah. not big. So that really accentuates it if it looks like the shirt is just like you're swimming in the... Yeah, the shirt's like hanging down to like your nipple. Yeah. Oh my God, this, I, I, this is not my body I need body it to be type. tight around yeah. my neck so it looks like... Yeah. Uh, so it's the fastest way for me to pr- look like a linebacker. Well, it's a ty- it's a type shit like if McVeigh's wife's gone for the weekend and he is just he like wants to go out, he can rock a shirt. I think he's engaged. Veronica, good follow on Insta. Uh, you know, beautiful young lady. They got a future happy family. And uh, he could pull shit like that off. Like, I bet McVeigh has pieces of clothing that she's probably bought him that just you and I couldn't even uh, dream about correct. putting on. And then, and not just put on, but like proudly wear out to like dinner. You know, and not even think, like honestly pull it off and like, God, John, that's a fucking good look. Um, this is quite the night. Yeah, right so I, I think it's a seven point win somewhere in the realm of uh, 28-21. I think... I I I really I think the Vikings are really good. I don't think they can win without Jimmy making them. No, I mean maybe Debo has a fumble, whatever. But I think Jimmy specifically, when you talk about what it feels like in the building, because that part of the game he's eliminated that, and I think it's part of the reason why they've been able to throw some haymakers after it's felt like they've been punched in the stomach, because you can just trust Jimmy to go make a play. He hasn't had the weird fumble. He hasn't had the weird interception. So I think if if he does it, it's going to feel doubly bad because he's kind of been the guy that every week has felt more and more and more reliable. At the end of the day, John, at the end of the day, they're at home. They're coming off a bye. Not only did the Vikings play last week, but they came off a short week. They've got a really good defensive coach, but you've got Kyle Shanahan. Short week on the road, yes. too, so I had to fly home. They are. Nugget I saw here from Kawakami that was kind of interesting. They are two and four outside this year. The Vikings are two and four outside of a dome. That's what I call a good night. So whatever, do with that what you will. But at bottom well, it's line, like, it's like the Packers, the Bears, Seattle. I mean, we can name their losses. The bottom line, they've had more duds than the Niners. Their ceiling has not been as high as the Niners. The Niners have played in better, bigger games and won those games. They're more battle tested this year. Now, not big picture postseason, and I just think. Like, if you told me the Niners are playing Team X, who has the better coach? I'm going with the Niners unless they play the Patriots. We could argue about it if they play the Chiefs. Um, not who's had the better career, not who's... See, I mean... Guys, no, no, that's, but that's my point. Little, though, but, but I mean, this Kyle's my point. never coached a player. I, I don't game. care. But, but I, this, I like the but guy. Bottom line, it's not about career. Who is? Who do you yeah. trust more today? If I said, do you yeah. trust Andy Reid more than you trust Kyle Shanahan today? What would you say? Yeah. Uh, okay. I would, might say I, yes. I would say on this individual week, Andy coming off a bye, I feel pretty good about probably more. I, I'm, I'm saying yeah, if they were right. to play each other, right? So you could yeah. you could say Andy Reid, and nobody could say shit to you. But I'm just saying I think you could say Kyle Shanahan, and also I, okay. So that's, that's all I'm saying. It's like, but I, th- this is where I'd counter though. I would say this is the team that if they if the Vikings play their A game and they have a coach who's won playoff games, who's known as not just you know, Joe Blow motivator. He's like Joe Blow motivator slash schemer, right? Like this, Mike Zimmer is known as a schemer that you go, if they play their A game, we got a ball game. 
which I think if you, you kind of take a step back, you're like, right. this is where the game could get weird. And I'm just no disagreement for me. I keep I keep thinking about walking out of the stadium tomorrow after a loss, and that's how you know like, you're a true we fan. Said all, well, oh, we said all along that if, yeah, just, I'm new, I'm new, neutral. That uh, you know, I lean Niners, but just call, just call a spade a spade. That if you lose next week, it's gonna suck, right? Let's say, let's just go hypothetical. You win this week, we've said all along, but I think after a couple weeks, you're like, we did make the NFC fucking championship game, and we lost to. Uh, it would suck losing to I think Russell Wilson more. It's like we lost to Aaron Rodgers. He threw four touchdowns on us. I do think you could justify it, even though it would really suck. I'm pretty sure that is the NFC championship game. The night it game is. next week? It is. It's like 6-15 Sunday night. So it's like 3-30 here or whatever? That's probably Eastern time, right? Because it's instead of 10 and, you know, 1, I think it's... Cause I, is it 9-30 East? Uh, now that you say that, I might need to change a flight. Um, <laughs> it's a good question because you're right. It sounds kind of crazy. Well, maybe you're right. There are 12-30... In 3.30? I feel like it would be 3.30. Fuck me. Fuck. Yeah. What What do you think? Where are you coming from? Seattle, and I booked like a 4.15 flight. I'm like, oh, I'm going to get home right as the game is kicking off. God damn it. What, what, what game? Do you, well, we don't need it. Let's, let's on stay Sunday? on topic here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, this postseason has not been ideal for your boy. Uh, provided the Niners are playing in that game. Anyway, keep going. But no way around it. You lose this game two to nothing. You lose it fifty to fifty-one. This would be the biggest one of the biggest kick in the dick regular season to playoff losses I, I've ever felt. As just I mean in probably like Bay Area history, yeah. right? Because the the season was elite. You went thirteen three, number one seed. I think you have to win that. That we've I've been saying it over and over. This everyone's you got to win this game for it not to be. It'll feel like a failure, guy. And that sucks, but that's just the fucking nature of the beast here, right? You got you got to win, so that's why I wouldn't change your flight. I have to wait till after seven yeah. afternoon. I'm not saying they're going to lose. No, no, no. But, no, but, it's I, not, but it's just, not, to me, it's not a for sure. I, I agree. There, there, I are, there are seven I'm points saying, that I could see. They're winning. the better football. The reason it'll feel like a kick in the dick yeah, is because they're the better football team. So if they lose, it will be because they have made a few mistakes against, in fairness, and to your point, a really good football team. I would just agree. beat the Saints. They just beat lose. the Saints on the road. So all the logic I just gave you about the Niners being better, blah blah blah. They, the Saints could have been the the one seed. Kind of kicked their ass, guy. So yeah, the Saints got lucky that that game got. I mean, it, it didn't look like an overtime game no. to me, guy. But it's the NFL. All right, onward. Uh, is D D Ford? I mean, you expect to see him? I was in the car this morning, and I, John Lynch was on KNBR. He said a true game time decision. He said, Quan's back. Tart is a starter. Like, thanks for your service, Marcel Harris. Is that his name, Marcel yeah. Harris? Uh, go back to the special teams. And D Ford is just a game-time decision. I, I've never seen a hamstring injury last this long. Like, he's missed fucking the last month, and then he gets a bye week. Like, Jesus, is ham, did he tear his hamstring? Like, what, what the fuck's going on here? Yeah. I, kind, of a weird, kind of a weird deal. I know. I was watching. What time did, did they practice? I was watching Kyle Shanahan's Thursday press conference. 
Well, th- this week's off because, right, the game's on Saturday, so it's Thursday press conference. It's technically a Friday press conference, right? Because Salah talked on Wednesday. The, the week, I'm just saying like, when, when they've been talking, yeah, throwing me off. When Kyle, I know, when Kyle spoke, like, he was talking about how... Like, he doesn't have to speak today because technically today's Saturday. Right, 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 right. Well, what I'm saying, though, is when he spoke, he was talking about how going into the Saints game, D. Ford felt some tightness in his hamstring. And didn't say anything, right? And didn't say anything. And they really had no context for it. So he's like, now I know if I say, how's it feeling? And D. says, it feels like it did before the Saints game. Now we have a point of reference. And I know then we're not going to play him if that's how it feels. So I don't know if some... How much money do you have? Well, a little more than when I was bankrupt, but you know, it's like it's you don't ideally don't want to have context. Yeah, but the problem like, like, money is like, like I can you can just say seventy, and I know you have seventy of whatever. But this is like, how yeah. do you? Oh, I'm at sixty five percent. Like, what the fuck does that mean? I've always laughed at the percentages. Yeah. Like, well, what what is sixty five percent? Seventy two percent? What the fuck? What's the difference? God, he's he, he's running on an empty yeah, tank. He told me he's at eighty. <laughs> He's, he, he left it all out there. He's got no gas left in the so, tank. But my, what I'm saying is, I don't. did he say that just generally? Or did something, have he been talking? I mean, I'm sure he's talking to the trainers. But did something happen in practice after that comment or before that comment that changes the way he he's looks at D4? He's not hydrating? I mean, what the fuck is he doing? <laughs> so, here's the bottom line, because you were asking me earlier, like... They, they would have been better off if he would have, like, broke his hand or something. Like, it's no a shitty doubt. injury. He, he just... He's just Sometimes fucked. They say like a, I'm not. I'm not expecting him to play really. But then I was the same guy that thought the pec injury was Quan Alexander was out for the season. Now I I kept telling like stop bringing this up. It's one of those like Twitter. I keep people keep tweeting like when's he got, you think he'll make an impact? Like stop asking me. Then I even heard Lynch this morning was like yeah. It's, in my experience, it's a season ender. Even I mean I'm glad like it's this is not normal for these guys. I don't know what JJ and Quan are on. If it comes out like. What was a deer, deer antler, antler spray? There's like a goat antler spray or something this year, you know, goat milk or just something weird. I yeah, camel hump, not camel normal. hump hair. Yeah, you know, it can never be just like, like dogs. Oh, you just, just you like drink golden, a little golden retriever yeah, saliva. Yeah, you just drink a little Labradoodle. Piss. You can get that any. That, yeah, that. you can get that everywhere. <laughs> okay, Alex. How about sidewalk? Keep How about sidewalk poop? <laughs> um, so uh, we got a lot of that. So, um, but here's what I'm saying, like. They gave up a second rounder for the guy. You and I have talked about this since they did it. If he finds a way to play in this postseason, John, if they win a game with D Ford on the field and he does something, then I do think it'll be hard when three years from now the Chiefs got somebody sweet with that second rounder. It'll be hard to say that wasn't worth it in some way. But if he doesn't play in the postseason, not that uh, before your your uh, first playoff game and forever is the time to start evaluating second round trades, but... I don't know. I do think what he does now, if he does anything now, I think it'll feel like maybe there was just some value there, even if it doesn't feel like there will be, if that makes sense. I would agree. I would agree. Luckily, or if you win the Super Bowl without him, then who cares? Yeah, to me, then you're like, okay, pick, what, 64? Take it, take it, Andy. <laughs> I, I think it would it would really hurt if they lose this game. You're like, the Chiefs get their second-round you know, pick. Yeah, if he game. doesn't play, they lose the – yeah. So yeah, I don't. The fact that these other guys are back would would was would Zimmer trade Danell Hunter for Vadis Ford straight up in the offseason? Uh, no. What about uh, Everson Griffin? No. Did you Baldy breakdowns? Mm. Did you know he just does it on his own, like with his phone? 
then sometimes like if it, if it's really good, the NFL Network or at NFL will spice it up and make it like a little more professional. He did one on those two guys. Yeah. You were just like Jesus. I mean, they're just tossing Rams check and Andres Pete and Breeze and just bodies are just flying. Like when you just isolate those two guys, just like Jesus Christ, these guys are ass kickers. So they're just. And then that's what the Niners kind of had early. Well, on. but couldn't you? I mean, right. like, you could tell me too. Like, if D, if you think he might hurt himself, but you you could argue. Well, what if it means he's healthy next week? Or what if it means? I'm not saying you can see. I, I'm at the point now. I don't even know if you can do that anymore with him. Right? You're saying you if, just kind of go. You're game saying game if you think just, he can yeah, play, you just, just play him. Yeah. If he if he goes, I I can give you 15 snaps. You can't be like, well, maybe he can give us 15 next week instead of at 67 percent at the. 82 and a half number uh, you do that <laughs> because I think once you start doing that you, know, you play with the football gods guy yeah. they come and yeah. get you you just you can't you can't ever play with the gods yeah, guy. that's a good point <laughs> uh, another another little side thing that was really interesting was I saw um, this was uh, Emmanuel Sanders was on radio in Denver on Thursday 104.3 the fan which I love that Emmanuel did that this week um, one zero three seven the Elway and uh, yeah, it's probably with the, the Mike Kliss show, and uh, probably not actually. But he was asked, maybe it was. I don't, I don't really don't know. But he was asked. That's on that's on Broncos dot com. Oh, Kliss is Bronco. Feels like oh, oh yeah. No, yeah. it just feels like Kliss is a Broncos employee, but he works for like the local news. It's like Elway's like lone friend for like thirty years. It feels like he gets all the dirt. <laughs> when it's like. Sources say Vance Joseph was a real yeah. asshole. Like, I wonder who gave you yeah, that. Remember, Mike. wasn't it like uh, Mike Kliss report? Didn't he report something on Colin and the Broncos? I was like, wonder who he got yeah. that from. <laughs> yeah, it was like Elway uh, gave the best presentation that's ever been given to a potential free agent. He offered him 10% less. Kaepernick said that he hate white people and that he refused to take the haircut and he stormed out of the room. You're like, is that really what happened, Mike Kliss? <laughs> John Elway, I mean, sources tell me. There were uh, a bottle and a half of a hard whiskey was consumed. <laughs> yeah. So this is what Emmanuel Sanders said. It's just This is a really interesting insight into Kyle Shanahan. Uh, when I first showed up, you know, obviously Vic, he's kind of older. Vic is kind of, like I said, on the older side with his approach. Then when I got here, right when I walk into the 49ers team meeting, I hear this hip-hop song called Hot. It's probably one of the hottest You're- songs out. And I'm like... What's going on? Everybody just kind of dancing and laughing and on their phone. And I'm like, what's going on? Then Kyle walks into the room and he has on a pair of Yeezys. And I'm like, this is totally different. This is a different environment. And truthfully, I liked it because sometimes in the NFL, I don't like this aspect. I've been married going on 10 years. I got two kids of my own. And I feel like sometimes in the NFL, teams continuously treat guys like kids. That's one thing I've noticed here in San Francisco in the aspect of they treat everybody like grown men. If you care about wanting to win, if you care about wanting to be a great player, then we want those kind of guys here. The guys who are going to do it the right way and we don't have to force them to do it. Feels like a less serious New England. Like Kyle's just like, do your job. I ain't going to fuck with you. You fuck up, we'll get on you. But just maybe New England's not really like that. It feels like everyone's just on you at all times. Maybe that's a bad comparison. I'm trying to maybe like a maybe like a Clemson approach. Looser, but like with a little Pete Carroll, but a little more serious. I would imagine. Is it safe to say that Emmanuel wasn't the biggest fan of Fangio's approach? 
But I would say that I, I think Vic just is just Vic. Uh, Vic right? is I Vic. Don't think he's- Emmanuel's one of the best players on a shitty team. He plays on offense for a defensive coach with a bad quarterback situation. They've been shitty for a couple years. He's miserable. It sucks. Yeah. Um, you got you got kids. You're just like I, I just I, my my time in my career is ticking down. You know what I thought of just listening to you say, just trying to find a comparison. Like I go back to when we had George Kittle on the podcast. And the time we had George Kittle on the talk, podcast and we sat down and talked with George Kittle. First team all pro. Uh, okay. Yeah. You know, and he made the comment that was similar to who had made it in Atlanta, Austin Hooper or somebody, about Kyle basically giving you the answers to every test, essentially, right? Like what Kyle tells you is going to happen is going to happen. He's like, I told him he was going to be there. I was like, is he really not going to be there? And then I ran it, and then the guy wasn't there, and then I just fucking walked into the end zone. It was crazy. And it happens over and over and over. So I think – because Kyle has that quality, which if you ask me... Austin Hooper is like sneaky, underrated kind of NFL yeah, player. Yeah, he had a good year, didn't Maybe. he? Yeah, he did. Um, but basically, if you're a player that believes in your coach that much, he has the answers to the test. I just have to show up and take the test. My job is to just put forth an effort. My co- What my coach is telling me to do is going to be the right thing to do. That you don't... If you're a coach and you've established that with your players, that's got to be the best thing in the world because then it, you... You shouldn't have to yell at anybody if you have the right people in the room because the right people in the room realize, holy fuck, it's not always this easy. Where I just do what that Doesn't guy does. Doesn't it feel like half the league is the opposite? Like, or maybe more than half the league where the players are like, does this guy really know what well, he's doing? And I'm used to calling plays or sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. And it's like, even when they don't, I've kind of questioned, like, is this really going to work? And then it doesn't work. Or even with Kyle, when something doesn't work, I just think they're like, well, that's just, they called the perfect defense or whatever. They're, it doesn't feel like there's ever been like, God, Kyle seems like he's swimming. Who do you think the who's the best offensive play caller that relates to players in the NFL? That just like has a good well, handle mean, on the whole thing. I would say Andy's borderline. Beloved. I think Andy's number one on the list. You would know better. You know the guy, but I think he's number one. But I just think you just watch the way any former player talks about him. His teammate, his players talk about him. I think he's beloved. Yeah, I, I just but, think. But also, to me, he's more beloved. In the sense, like Kyle, where I think guys just kind of like, I just kind of like Kyle. Like guys just, I kind of like, I just like Andy. I just like being around him. People just, you know, I think Bill, they like being around him because he's like maybe the best player. I think with Kyle and Andy, it's like this guy's making me a good player, and I would just like to be called right. If, friend. if Andy Reid yeah. and Kyle Shanahan were bad coaches and they got fired, you'd still get players that tweet like, "One thing you cannot deny, this is one of the greatest guys I've ever known." You know, <laughs> remember Marcus Peters when he got traded? He was like. Uh, I don't know. He keeps calling me. He was like, uh, yeah, they screwed me, but Andy's still my yeah. boy. Or yeah. Remember he had a tweet? And Jeremy Macklin had something. Remember Dorsey cut him, cut him like right before training camp or something, and then Andy was at his wedding like a week later. <laughs> and, like He's like, it was Dorsey. <laughs> Andy's pretty, he's pretty good at, you know, whether it is kind of like, hey, Marcus, I think Andy wanted you out, but he, no, he gets no stench on him ever. <laughs> Where I think Kyle... It's hard. It's kind of unavoidable, maybe a little bit, because they know. I don't know. It's just different. But like Navarro Bowman, they became kind of friends. I, I just think I don't know friends, but that was kind of weird. Remember? Yeah, yeah. I I just think blame Jed. What's clear with Kyle Shanahan, I think we can say definitively at this point, he is an outlier. He's not an outlier as a guy who's likable. There's a lot of guys that are likable. He's an outlier as a guy that can relate to players. At his age, he's 40 years old, so relatively young by head coach standards, even though there are a lot of guys, there's some guys younger than him. He's an outlier in terms of a play caller. 
weird. Like he's a young weathered. He's just he is just an outlier. <laughs> period. Yeah, he is a young. He's like, uh, uh, what's the guy from uh, 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 Ozark? What's that actor's name? Oh yeah, I mean I know exactly who you're talking about. Was the dude from uh, Horrible Boss? Jason Bateman. Yeah, yeah. He's Jay. Who's he married? Who's he married to? Some babe, right? Um, who's Jason Bateman's wife? Jason's, by the way, fifty years old. Amanda Akira. uh, Oh no, Amanda. Anka, Paul Anka's daughter. Maybe I'm thinking. Maybe I'm thinking of uh, who's it? I'd put Paul Rudd in the same category. How old's Paul Rudd? Do you think forty-eight? I mean, Paul Rudd's been around Hollywood a long time. Paul Rudd's 50 also. Like, I think, same deal. Now, Bateman grew up, like, in Hollywood. Bateman took, like, years off to just hang out because he had, like, been a child actor and made a ton of money. And he golfed. He would, like, wake up, drink, wake up at, like, 11, drink, play golf, go to sleep, like, party that night, do the same thing all over again. I, this is when he was, like, 30? Yeah, or maybe, like, in his mid-20s. I think this was Bateman did that for, like, a decade or eight years. Um you're right, Paul Rudd, Bateman, Kyle Shanahan. They all have a Kyle feel to them. <laughs> like if Kyle quit tomorrow and just like I want to be an actor, I think like he would he would get cast, right? <laughs> that look. Yeah, I don't know what his uh, acting ability is, but he does have a dry sense of humor. Maybe some Bateman yeah. qualities. But the point is, I think it's clear, John, win or lose, whatever. He's an out. The Forty ers have an outlier. Now we could argue, is he one of the best coaches? Where does he rank? He's an outlier. He is he is the exception. He is what you're looking for. And, you know, I think in a sport in particular where the career length is short, you can't overstate it or you can overstate sometimes environment, culture. Like guys do just when it comes to free agency, guys just you need to get paid. But when you read quotes like that from Emmanuel Sanders, I just if the Niners want Emmanuel Sanders on the football team next year, I think he'll be on the football team. Now, well, if you're Emmanuel, you oh, just you, you take the most money probably, but – if a team, I, I don't know. I mean, I think it, I think it's a tough one because there are so many teams that need wide receivers. His market's going to get jolted up just because he's had really good moments. I, I know, but like the Eagles, the Patriots, I'm just listing teams that like might be willing to like overpay two or three million. Is it worth it for the Niners to you know an older guy? I, I think it's not. It's a it's a it's a tougher situation than it probably should be. Given just You're, we see it all the yeah, time, yeah. right? Like Golden Tate. Remember last year it was like. Gettleman gave Golden Tate how much money? And there's just no so, situations. You're right. Let me re, let me restate it then. It's not about getting. Again, free I, I'm not anti keeping the guy. I just think the number could get. All right. Weird. Let me restate it then. Maybe, if you told me he got 28 million guaranteed, that might be high. But like, let's say like 24. That's not crazy. So right? maybe it's not about attracting free agents. It's just about they know how to pick the right type of guy, and the right type of guy will thrive there. Let me. I'll just leave it there and not make it more about because I do think we can overstate how much all this shit matters in free agency when it comes down to, I just, I got three years left. I need to get paid. I think he's just, I think the key to being Kyle or Andy or whoever is just very comfortable in your own skin. You know, they're not because like Sean Payton is a little bit of a yeller. I I honestly can't remember a handful of times at practice. I've seen Andy like legit yell. I mean, he, he does the, Pick it up! You know, just classic coach stuff. But not, like, berate a player like you see assistant coaches consistently do. 
I, if you watch Kyle at practice, maybe he's a little different in season, maybe, right, when they're installing stuff. But it feels like when you're just confident in yourself that way and you, you know your style, I think fucking guys love it because this is the highest level. And if you do a good job of picking the right type players, they should just... It's why... Why does New England love the, you know, the overachieving white guy, former, you know, son of a coach? Because Bill isn't going to, like, motherfuck you all day. He's going to tell you, this is what you're doing. And if you don't do it, I'm just going to cut you. Like, I, I don't have time to just... Like, I, I'm not doing Ron Rivera. And I think Ron Rivera does that because that's, right, that's just kind of who Ron is. He's not... You just... I think you just, if you're 100% true to yourself, whenever I see coaches get in trouble is when you see players are like, this guy's kind of a fraud. And they don't, I don't, when they say that, I don't think they mean like doesn't know football or doesn't know basketball or whatever. They just, they see a guy that's one message one day, one message another day, just kind of swimming in his own ability to relate. Or just, just relate, just be you. What's Nagy's thing? Be, you have to be like Bill Belichick's, Coaches the way that's perfect for Bill Belichick. We'll talk, I'm sure, here in a second about like McDaniels. What I think is really difficult, I watched way too much of Joe Judge's <laughs> press conference. He is a hard ass, and he's probably naturally a little like that Philly guy. But think of the two guys over the last decade he's been around, Nick and Bill. I don't blame him for thinking like that's the way to do it. Of course, you'd think that if you were like you were around those two guys, you would want to. Mold your ability around those two guys. But those two guys are just them. Like, Nick is just Nick. Nick isn't yelling because he, like, likes to... He just yells. He's just angry. Remember the thing? You're like, bro, have you seen the Saban documentary? I haven't watched it. You're like, wait till you see this moment with his kid. And even his kid was like, yeah, he's really relaxed. And he's like, yeah, not, no, no, actually, no, he hasn't. He's, he, his, even his own son was like, you know, he's he mellowed a little. John, his son uh, yeah, was uptight. Like, his son was tight <laughs> trying to give a quote on yeah. Yeah, and it's just, Nick is just tight. Like, that's just that's just Nick. You can feel it when those two were sitting next to each other. You're like, God, Bill's like more relaxed than Nick, right? You, you just can't, I'm me, you're you. You just, you are who you are. And I think when you're unsure, when you get into a situation, I think you saw it like Freddie Kitchens. Freddie's like, all of a sudden I have to, I can't be me. I have to act like a head coach. When I, whenever I see that, like, I gotta, I gotta be the head coach. Now, there is a hierarchy, like what you say, it ends with me. But, like, I don't feel like Kyle is, and Andy didn't necessarily do, like, you just knew he was the boss. By, you know? by the way, John. I think it's more difficult when you're younger to, like, you're like, is this guy the boss? He's only 35. I, that's why I think the first thing is that you've got, like, Joe Judge, if he walks in the room and starts telling players stuff that they think will make them better, like, really, and like, the stuff that, like, I think that's where it starts with Kyle, right? Is players think he knows how to make me great. And then that he's cool with them too is great and wears Yeezys, whatever. But if Joe Judge walks in a room and guys are like, wait, and to Emmanuel Sanders' point, like your thing is going to be that you motivate me? No, dude, I've got like a six-year career. I'm motivated. What I would love is for you to make me great. Well, think about this. For Joe Judge, for example, one thing he harped on, we're going to put on the paths and tackle to the ground. You know, it's classic. Like, this guy, tough, tough guy, you know? Well, let's say Kyle had done that, or Andy does. Like, Andy runs a physical practice. For those two guys, for example, even Bill, I know Bill technically doesn't call a side of the ball, but on any given play, he knows every single one's responsibility. 
Do you know that Joe Judge is not the offensive coordinator? Well, yeah, he's not the I defensive coordinator, he's and he's not calling special. Well, he's not calling special. The, teams you think he'd become a head coach for the first time and call plays for the first time? So you're you're going you're going to put on the pads, and then all of a sudden, let's say you're Golden Tate. You're like, bro, I've been playing this league for ten years. My, my tough, I, I am tough. If you fucking check the stats, I break more tackles than anyone else in the league for the last half decade. Like, I don't need the uh, the drill where I got to break the cornerback's tackles in August third at b- behind MetLife Stadium. I get some of these guys do, but like, you might hurt me. And then I go, Are you, you're not wait, you're not even calling the plays. Like, you can just I could see when I saw that, I was like, ugh. You just see how it can fracture immediately because that mindset, like a manual, I just think older players think like that. Where you go, I, I, I'm ready to roll. Like, what? This is not like coach these other guys up, but you have to throw me in it. And it's a hard balance. I mean, you see in the NBA, it fractures immediately when you're like trying to establish and you got some older guys and, you know, the Kevin Love, like if the Cavs are an example of it's really, really difficult because it feels like you're trying to you're trying to do like 10 things at once. And maybe that's just, and that's part of why a lot of times, like when new coaches come in, they get rid of a lot of veteran guys because they know that those guys will just naturally be like locker room lawyers. Like this is stupid because it kind of is for them, but it's not necessarily for the younger guys. But the reality is of football, your whole team is not going to, this isn't college. You're not going to have a, you're like Jimbo Fisher last year played like 90% of his roster was freshman and retro freshman. That most of your roster is not going to be rookies. It's going to be like, some rookies, Saquon, you know, look at the Niners when Kyle first got here. Yeah, they brought in a bunch of new guys, but, like, Kyle Juszczyk was tough when he signed him. And luckily, Kyle, I, I've been thinking a lot about, like, all these new hirings over the last couple years. I, I was listening to Mike Lombardi's podcast yesterday, and he's like, think about this. Belichick was Parcell's defensive coordinator for, I think, a total of, like, 10 years in the 80s. Might have been, Might have been nine. It took him eight years, guy, as Parcells' defensive coordinator. Like, really the only team that could beat Walsh's Niners. It took him eight years as the defensive coordinator to get a head coaching interview. And he's like, and I started thinking, like, God, you look at the guys now, like Joe Judge, a good example, where you have the power of agents and the hype of guys, which it's hard for me to relate what hype was back then. But clearly, it didn't mean as much because fucking Parcells, who had to be him and Walsh, the two most famous coaches at the time in the National Football League, his right-hand guy, who's taken down Walsh in Montana, took him eight seasons to get a an interview, not a job, an interview. I, I think the, on the hype thing, by the way, like there's way more media, there's way more coaches. The lower-level coaches and the lower-level media need each other. So I think that's where... And not even lower level. I, lower level media is not fair. There's just everybody needs. It's harder to get a story. So it's like if you get the, you find a guy who's the. And there's way more agents. You find a guy who's you can pretend is the up and coming OC. You just gotta promote that because you you need but him to be but an like OC. For, but like for example, I, I would say Sean McVay really had questionable. Like, did he call plays? Did he not call plays? He's kind of the outlier to me of like the Joe Judge type guy that worked. You know, it's like, wow, Kyle really isn't in their category. Like you had said on a podcast in the last couple of weeks, like he'd been calling plays for a long freaking time. Like the play caller yeah. at multiple spots. Like 
for his dad, for Houston. Then he had to get fired and go do it for Cleveland for a year. Then he goes with Dan Quinn, a guy he didn't even know. And just his experience, like that was a legitimate head coaching candidate. And sometimes even a guy like Kyle fails. But he was, like think of a guy like him, the equivalent of him. A guy that had been calling plays that long, that was young. Like he would be easily the number one coaching candidate on a market. If those, that guy doesn't even exist because he can't get enough experience long enough to not get plucked off, right? He gets hired. Joe, How does Joe Judge get a job? How does he become the head coach of the New York Giants? That's insane. Just watching, I just thought, that is insanity. It is. But the likelihood of this working is just not going to happen. Before we get into that, though, because we are going to talk about that next, I do want to mention one little nug to you as it relates to Kyle that I just saw. Mayoko tweeted this. I, I didn't know, maybe you knew this. I guess the Niners video guy set up, like, Mike Shanahan watches all the Niners practice film. I saw the headline. 30 minutes after practice is done, Mike Shanahan at his home with his wife, who Kyle said is always mad because Mike does nothing but sit in his film room now, has it has the Niners practice on his iPad. He's like Marvin Lewis to Herm Edwards. I heard someone maybe a tweet thread about a Twitter thread about this, or someone said it on TV. Like basically, Mike Shanahan does not get enough credit for the tree that he created from his son to just the offense to all these people running it. Like, we blow Andy, rightfully so, because he's created all these head coaches. But Mike Shanahan's staple offense and just the coaches under him from LaFleur, what that's doing to the league, right? I mean, some of the best teams, his son, McVay the last couple years, Stefanski's running it with the Vikings. Uh, Kubiak, they hired Kubiak to Minnesota. Kubiak did it forever with Denver, won a Super Bowl. Did it with Houston, they kicked ass. Like, Mike Shanahan almost is underrated at this point when you think about just his impact on the sport of football. He, I mean, fuck, he coached for Walsh. He coached Steve Young as an offensive coordinator. Like, probably truly one of the great coaches that almost flies under the radar, but yet doesn't because he is super famous. But, like, I think it's cool that his son is, like, making, the, like, the Shanahan name deserves, like, like, it should be, like, just one of the all-time great names in football. Like, it's impact on the sport, Right. Yep. Like, I mean, his dad won. He didn't win one. He won two. Like, we were like, if Andy can win one, he's a Hall of Famer. If Sean Payton get another one, he's a Hall of Famer. This guy won two. And then kind of changed the sport with all this youth throughout the league of just, there was some substance behind it. It's not just like a bunch of, you know, like, say what you make fun of McVay, but McVay's a good coach. Kyle might be a great coach. Even LaFleur, I make fun of him. I'm not quite sure what he did. His team did go 13 and 3. You know, it hasn't. It wasn't Freddie Kitchens. Like, he's clearly capable, right? He doesn't seem to be, like, over his head in terms of just dealing with guys and just... Now, maybe it's just because they've been winning, but it feels like it's been pretty smooth sailing for him, just the way guys talk about him. They like him. Maybe they're just seeing Kyle and McVeigh. These guys are all kind of comfortable. You could argue that, like, that little crew is just all comfortable in their own skin. I don't know. Maybe just from being around each other. Being around each other, familiarity, and uh, six-year contracts. <laughs> but also, when you say, like, they would probably tell you our understanding of this offense being in that think totally. tank is just pretty Confidence high. in oneself. Yep. Yeah. Co- you can't our, fake it. When, when Aaron goes, what happens when this? Well, I have saw Mike and Kyle talk about this 15 million times. I immediately know. Well, you take the rover there, you break it off at seven, and we got this there. And they just, boom, they just... It's secondhand. Right. Like Kyle's, 
It's just Kyle. Like Kyle just talks because it's ingrained Correct. in his fucking head. You know, it's like if someone asked me how to do a radio show, or you, right? Now I've done I've done the math. I'm I'm over ten thousand hours of uh, radio with Malcolm Gladwell. I can't. I'm, I'm not a good. I've I learned this about myself a long time ago, and maybe if I tried to make myself better at it, I would be. I'm not a good teacher. Yeah. I'm not particularly patient, so that's a problem. Um, you're, you're selfish yeah, a little. It's just not stop. a great patience. Is not a quality of mine, which is weird because both my parents are super patient. Lucky for me. Um, but I've had to work on that a lot, but, um, just cause it's health, it's Self-growth. healthier to be a little patient, not it get really your blood is. boiling, that kind of thing. Not that I get mad. I don't get like mad at, like I was telling Alyssa this the other day, I refuse to be offended by stuff. That shit doesn't, it's just inefficiency is probably my biggest pet peeve. Um, and the easiest way to be efficient is to just do it yourself, but that's not really always the most productive way to do something. Right. But the problem is if you're going to. Have someone help you. You got to show them what to do sometimes. So anyway, that's not a strength of mine. But uh, I think with with those guys, once you've do, my ultimate point going back to radio was just done it so many times. I'm not. When someone asks me like, how do I do this or that? It's not. Really, I, I don't. I don't remember how I used to do it back in hour. You know, fifty when I was doing one thirty minute show a week, and I thought that was hard. Like I just, I have a hard time remembering what those challenges were, how to overcome them. Cause it's just, I don't think about it anymore. And I would imagine those guys, they just don't think about what they do. The beauty is they just got a playbook that they just teach you the plays. Um, but I never wrote a playbook and doing but radio to, is much easier to, than uh, coaching uh, football. But, but I'd say what coaching football is like the playbook would be like, uh, we got a pretty cool new sponsor coming next week. Let's say it's like a, it's like a class mm. that you take a business course and they teach you like supply, demand, marketing how to sell or whatever and you're just like i got all this knowledge but then you go to the real world and you try to like you got a product you try to sell it and it doesn't work or you try to put a price on whatever you're trying to sell and no one buys it because it's too high or too low and then you kind of learn through experience like football is the ultimate combination of like you literally do it in the classroom and then you go to the field and then it completely looks different or it looks wrong it's why they always go i gotta watch the practice tape because they give a look right they all the way a football week works is you install the game plan of what you think you're going to see you run it against the scout team at practice what you think you're going to see and the play might work or might not work and then you tweak it from there all this guessing game of what you're going to see but then the actual game happens and you might get something completely different you're adjusting on the fly it's like the ultimate combination of learning the economics book and then that week running a business you know it's like wham bam it just so you're just the the learning right if you are capable and are smart of just a season. Like, think about this. Belichick's been in the league for over 40 years. 40-plus years in the NFL. Of every... every. I think when he started, it probably wasn't 16 games. Maybe it was 14 and it went up now. But just the process of installing a game plan, tweaking stuff. Just think of the shit. No wonder when he was on... Why he's getting, like, a hard-on talking about, like... You know, when you tried to... When you try to double, uh, double Mean Joe, he, he could he could drop and he could do this swim. Like he just, we had to like chip his legs. Like Mean Joe Green, yeah. Belichick was in a game plan where they blocked Mean Joe Green. Oh yeah, when we ran the coverage against Joe Montana, all the way up to you know when you play Russell Wilson, and you're just like Jesus Christ, this guy's seen it all. <laughs> it's like seen it all. Warren Buffett's like yeah, you know, when you when I invested in the uh, the recession of 
<laughs> you know, the example I use a lot, if you've been listening to this podcast, you've heard it, John, but it's my favorite because you witnessed it too. When we'd be at Comcast and Gary St. Jean, for those of you not in the Bay Area, longtime coach, GM, is pre- and post-game analyst for the Warriors on TV. I know we have a lot of listeners that aren't in the Bay Area, so they don't watch the Warriors pre- and post. But Gary just knows more basketball, the old saying, than most people have forgotten, right? He would sit there reading the newspaper. I would never actually see his eyes be on the screen. Middlecoff would be in there. I'd be in there. Doug Christie would be in there. Bobby Jackson would be in there. Bobby and Doug are just talking shit. You and I are watching Warriors, watching Kings, and be like, I'd look away, look back. What happened? Gary would. Gary never looked up and yet knew what was happening in the game because he didn't have to watch every second. He just knew kind of everything that everybody was doing. He knew all the indicators and knew the thing like the. And back if you of his know hand. Ba- basketball, you can't consume like a baseball game. Like you, to really know what's going on, you got. I watch. can't, but he could. You can't, but he. Well, could. I know. I, I I can't. I'd say most people, if you think like, if you're a two TV guy. You can kind of pull it off with football or baseball, like and truly kind of take in a couple games at once because of the there's pace a, yeah, of the there's sport. a rhythm that you know when to look away. It, You've got thirty seconds. It's imp- basketball is one million percent impossible for any non like NBA or college basketball coach, just because the flow of shit is flying. Elevator screen. <laughs> yeah, give them the floppies. Floppy. <laughs> All right, uh, I, before we move on. I, I say, I say, you want to just put this pod out? Would well, you have to tell the people about SeatGeek before we do this? Let's do it. Uh, and then I say we rattle through the other games because I know people, the streets want this podcast, so I'm with you. We skip a couple of our other podca- or other discussions. SeatGeek, promo code HAM, download the app, $10 off. It's the way to go. John's going to the Niner game. He used it. Uh, millions of tickets all over the web. Rates each one on a scale of 1 to 10. Big green dot, good. Little red dot, bad. That's the interactive seat map. John, I think the best thing about SeatGeek is that every purchase is fully guaranteed so you can shop for tickets with confidence. Yep, guys. Download the SeatGeek app. Use our promo code HAM. You want to go to a football game this week and you live in the Bay Area, last-minute tickets, check it out. 49ers game, Levi Stadium. Obviously, if you wherever you live, NBA games, concerts. You, you ever heard uh, Sturgill Simpson, kind of country folk yeah. guy? He's coming to San Francisco, I think, in May. Uh, I was looking at SeatGeek. I was like, I'm going to go to this. And uh, what's weird is I've never typed him in to SeatGeek. And uh, it just showed up on SeatGeek. It's like, are they listening to me? And I hope they are because they know that I want to go to them. So download the SeatGeek app, promo code HAM, green dot. It's, it's my favorite. I use the app all the time, even if I'm not buying stuff, just to get a feel for what the price points are. Uh, and you better get in. If you want to go to a Niner game, it's a little cheaper to go to this Vikings game than if the NFC Championship game, they already have, like, the potential prices already double. So uh, use our promo code HAM, guy, promo code HAM. Uh, do you want to talk about the other games or you want to put this thing out? Uh, let's spend two minutes total. Pick them. Uh, night game. Let's pick them. Okay. Who, 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 Ravens, Tennessee. I'm going to go upset Tennessee. How about that? Upset Tennessee to win. To win. I'm just going to ride. I'm going to ride the horse, baby. Yeah. I don't, I don't hate that, I don't, actually. I'm not going to do it. Um, but I don't hate it. Like, well, for example, three of the four road teams won last week, so I think weird shit can happen in the playoffs. No doubt. Uh, and if a team, you know, this team just schemed up again. Now the Patriots didn't have the personnel of, say, Lamar Jackson, but they just went toe to toe scheme wise with that team. So I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with the Ravens here. I will I will take the Titans and the points. I'm not though. going Polian. I I respect Lamar and their team. Like I think it's I'm just kind of riding the I'm riding no, the way. There has to be one upset yeah. this weekend. Um, Chiefs Texans. 
Give me the Chiefs to cover I'm, is the I'm, question. When you say the Texans are kind of a weird team with that many points, like they could easily have like 14 points in the fourth yeah. quarter of him just throwing the ball up. I, I would I would probably take the Texans plus nine and a half, not feel great. The bet might be the over, like 51 points. And I haven't checked the weather. Uh, hey, Siri. Imagine And then Seattle at Green Bay. Where are you going there? Uh, I'm, you know, I'm going to pick Seattle. I picked Philly last week, even though I like Seattle. So, uh, makes hey, me Aaron think Rodgers I should pick Green Bay. I know. He, he can't lose at home in this game. I, who has the most pressure on him of a coach slash quarterback this week? Andy, Rodgers. Is there that much pressure on Jimmy and Kyle? I mean, for us there is, but like nationally, I mean, this is their first nationally, year. Nationally, people feel like they're early. The Lafleur thing has been a conversation for a long time. But wouldn't you say it would be more on like Rodgers? You got a, you're a favorite at home, Lambeau Field. I think Rodgers has to win this game. I, I would say Andy has to win the game too. I'd say those two are equally number one in the clubhouse of just you got to win. You got to win. I'm looking for Kansas City's weather. It is 37 degrees and gonna be snowing Saturday it's raining right now slash snowing because it's 22 degrees Uh, it'll be 37 partly cloudy on Sunday that's cold guy not exactly Houston John no enjoy the games people light up save big on brunch for mom all in the Kroger app get 16 ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% lean ground sirloin for 4.99 each with a digital coupon then buy 2 get 2 free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi or 7 Up all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.